Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great today as we will be joined by former NFL wide receiver Eric Bowles. And I got to tell you, this is an inspiring conversation, very encouraging, and uh, just a really down-to-earth guy filled with insight and wisdom uh, to share with us today. And so I'll tell you a little bit more about him in just a moment. But let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. That's healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options and support them as they support us. All right, so Eric Bowles is the president of the Game Changers, Inc. And, And so through a combination of coaching, consulting, and training, Eric helps organizations collapse time, achieve goals quickly, and function within their purpose and values. Uh, He wrote a book called Moving to Great, Unleashing Your Best in Life and Work. And so he's an executive coach. He does leadership training and inspirational keynotes, both virtually and live. And and so is an expert on leadership, culture change, team dynamics, and peak performances, uh, but he's a sports fan, former NFL player. Uh, he's got a wife named Cindy and two daughters named Taylor and Madison. And I will ask him all about his daughters uh, because I've got a daughter named Maddie. So uh, and, and another daughter on the way. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll have some fun uh, with Eric here on the show. Uh, be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to our weekday email devotional. Uh, Also, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, we hope you will, and we hope that you will rate and review and share, and and we always love hearing from you as well. And You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Well, right now, let's welcome on Eric Bowles. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on the Unpacking It podcast, one of our our very first guests when Unpacking It was starting out, Eric Bowles joined us. And now all these years later, we're thrilled to have him back on to to catch up on on all that that he has going on. He is a former NFL wide receiver, but now he is a a leadership and, and culture coach. And he works with incredible businesses uh, around the country and world and, and, and uses his experiences and, and skills and insights uh, as a man of God and as a, as a former athlete. And, and just this perspective that he has is incredible. And so he's the president of the Game Changers, Inc., and he joins us right now. Eric, it's so good to have you back on. How are you? 
I'm doing fantastic, Bryce. Glad to be back, man. Glad to be back. Well, we, we've got a lot to talk about today. And and I, I guess first off, you know, what has this last year plus been like for you? And so you're a you're a speaker and, and I, I imagine you do a lot of traveling normally. So so logistically, what was this last year like? And then more so personally, what was the experience like for you? Well, it was a like I say quite often, it was a a, a significant year of change. Um, you know, somebody who's used to being on a plane, maybe a couple hundred thousand miles a year. I mean, that's a lot of travel. And then all of a sudden, I'm not traveling anymore. Uh, and so not only was that an adjustment for myself, it was actually a bigger adjustment for my wife. Um, yeah. <laughs> having me in the atmosphere so often. Uh, but it was it was really good, my friend. It, it was a, uh, I, I say it was a year of change. Definitely some challenges, but some significant growth. You know, in the business that I'm in, used to being on stage, doing things live. And then all of a sudden there's a major shift. So uh, not only was there a major shift as a business model, man, I had to find a way. How do I continue? A mission is how do I continue coaching, training and inspiring leaders throughout the world and unleashing their potential? Now I can't do it in person. Now I have to do it virtually. I have to do it. Uh, and, and then and do it in a, such a way that people consider it worth value. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it, it was definitely a change, change for me individually, for our family, uh, but also a lot of change for my business. Well, that's fascinating because here you are walking alongside businesses and coaching them as they're making changes and, and pivots and, and trying to readjust their whole business model, while at the same time, you're doing it for your own business. So, so unpack that a little bit. How, how was that trying to help others, but also yourself? Yeah. It, right. The way I like to call it is I like to say I had to truly be what I like to call an inspired practitioner that I'm yes. inspiring others by practicing what I'm talking about. And so uh, I, I got to tell you, it was, it was great. It was work, uh, but it was good work for me. So, you know, I, I do coach and uh, uh, I, I coach a lot of executives um, throughout the, actually throughout the world. And then not only were they navigating the change of the pandemic, I was also coming alongside many executives that you would see, you know, on, on, you know, that, who's gotten some national spotlight. I've been walking beside them also navigating all the social dynamics that were taking place over the last year as well, Bryce. So it wasn't just a year of change. It was a year of changes. So, you know, uh, uh, going through that, personally, and then coaching and, 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 and working alongside leaders who are having to navigate that for the organization. I believe, that, and I thank God for this, I, I really believe the fact that I was having to do it at the same time created greater empathy in myself for who I was coaching and who I was working beside. No, that that's great. And here at Unpacking It, I, I write a devotional and do the podcast, and oftentimes I'm, I'm sharing what God is teaching me yes, and what I'm on. learning. In my own life and what he's revealing to me, I'm just sharing it with others. And so it sounds like a similar uh, setup for you. So oh, come on, man, preaching, <laughs> preaching to ourselves, man. We just happen to share what we're doing to ourselves with every with everybody else. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and and I guess from a, a faith perspective for you, what were some of the, the, the growth opportunities or, or challenges and the ways that, that God worked in your life within this this last year plus? Uh, well, two specifically. One is I realized, Bryce, uh, I spent a lot of time talking about prayer and talking about 
Bible study or, or the importance of God's principles and talking talking about how important it was to trust God. Uh, but I realized I was talking about it way more than I was actually doing it. And mm. so I think in this year, what it did was it, it gave me a real sense of what I was depending on, what I was relying on. And and I think we all go through those seasons, right? And and it's it, it, I realized it's been a while since I've truly been really uncomfortable, where I've had to totally trust God in a way I haven't trusted him um, before. We talk about it all the time in sports. Part of the reason we love sports so much is there's parts of our, if you're involved in the sports arena, or for those of us who are watching, it's the, it's the uncertainty of it, right? It's the unknown. The, the, the outcome is not a given. So there's a heightened uh, energy and anxiousness that you have around it. And I realized, man, it's been a while since I've been in that place with the Lord, where I'm just, Lord God, you know, if you don't do it, it won't be done. How are you going to do it? What adventure do you have me on? And and for this last year, year and a half, I mean, it's really been about that. And, and it's been amazing. You know, uh, here's what I have discovered. The adventure has been a remarkable, but the principles have been the same. Like God doesn't change. Our circumstances do, but the faithfulness in him, uh, you know, we can depend on that. Amen. Amen. I appreciate you sharing it. That that's awesome. And and so uh for for you as I as I think about the 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 role that you have in in coaching other business leaders, I I'm curious, you know, why you decided to go that direction versus coaching in sports specifically. And and so often guys when when you know oftentimes when guys finish their careers, especially in the NFL or, or other pro sports, you know, they stay in the game when it comes to coaching, but here you went a different direction and, and you're working with huge brands. I mean, well-known brands and, and these, you know, leaders and, and CEOs and all that sort of thing. Uh, what, what really drew you to that side of the, of the game, so to speak? Uh, great question, Bryce. Actually, it started pretty early. What, what took place Right when I finished playing, coaching, and also I was helping coach at a high school, which is where my life got changed, right? Where uh, obviously I was a Christian coming out of the league, great influencers and, you know, that I had in my life. But when I had a chance to coach at Bellarmine High School, which is in Tacoma, Washington, uh, our head coach's name was Mike Baldison, uh, where he got his philosophy was from a gentleman, from a, you know, God rest his soul, but his name was Frosty Westering. And Frosty was all about what he used the term he called, you know, uh, uh, growing men and in, in, in really uh, using football to do it, though. So it was all about character. It was all about, you know, be, being a, a high character driven uh, man and being a godly man. And when I saw how sport could facilitate that, I realized it wasn't football that I loved. It was the principles around it that I loved. I loved the team oh. dynamic. I loved the teamwork, all that. So when I had an opportunity to coach, I was coaching there at Bellman, helping there. I did receive some phone calls about coaching in college, which which which, which was the precursor if I wanted to continue on because I do have a relationship with coaches who were in the league. I realized I don't love football that much. Not to do X's and O's. Like I don't. That's none of that interests me. I I, I would be at a a, a game and. Yes, I cared whether we won or lost. I did care, but I didn't care more than I cared what happened to the young men on the journey there. And so that I, I got a great aha moment. I was like, okay, where can I use these principles? And then I found my way into business. So I, I'll be honest that 
there were a couple of things that I was working hard at doing. One was getting into the business I'm in right now. And I got to tell you, Bryce, when you're 26, 27 years old and you're trying to visit different businesses and trying to see if they allow you to consult with them and coach them and how to be more successful. And they ask you what your experience was. I was like, well, I ran around and caught a football. <laughs> Not to be tired of that, bro. Not to be tired. Um, and, and so what happened was I got a couple opportunities early on, one with a good friend who was with the YMCA, another from that, I find myself working with a small little group because the gentleman's wife worked for Starbucks. Uh, and so I got a chance to do a little work with Starbucks. And then it was in that meeting that I met a gentleman named Paul Tool who asked me, have I ever done any coaching? And my answer to him was, oh, absolutely. I'm thinking he's talking about coaching because I'm still helping coach at Bellarmine. He was actually talking about executive coaching. And after I said yes, he gave me four people. And Bryce, the four people I started working with, they've all since then became, you know, CEO of, uh, you know, just they've taken me on their journey. I don't want to drop all their names, but they've taken me on a journey all over the world. And so that's kind of how this all uh, uh, got started. Well, which is just incredible. And, and so, so how did you do it though? Like at, at 27 and, and you know, you're, when you're still young in this, how did you have enough to, to say and share and, and, yeah. and ultimately how, you know, how did God walk alongside you in yeah. that as well? Yeah. Well, Bryce here for funny. I, I say all the time that the older I've gotten, you know, I've been in this, you know, I'm 51 now. So I've been in this business a while, right? So 24 yeah. years later, I get these questions. I, I, it was funny, not not to belabor this, but I get it. I'm over at, uh, I, I remember being at Harvard and doing some work with Dr. John Cotter there. And I'm working with this group and they're interviewing, like asking me questions. And in my answers, I caught myself in the middle of my answers talking about, you know, well, you got to be very strategic and consider this and all that stuff. And then in the middle of my answer, I could feel the Holy Spirit just convicting me going, you had no clue how you got here. Tell the truth. And the truth was, Bryce, I was trusting God like you can't believe. Man, I would read a book. I would study. I would look at what they were going on. Now, follow this This in a practical way. Those who are here who are listening to me, follow this. What I would do with every client, even when it was the Starbucks of the world or the, you know, the Dunkin' Brands or the, you know, Michelins or the, you know, all the big, big boys, I would try to understand what they were trying to accomplish, make sense of it, but filter it through everything I understood about football. So it wasn't that I understood what they were doing. I got the game of football. And so I would use what I was learning from them, translate that through what I understood about football, teamwork, the game, all those things, all my experiences, and then turn around and use those lessons back to them, you know, in their language, but but they would always look at me like, man, you have such an understanding of, you know, the dynamic between people and how people work together. That was comp- that was because I had one of the world's greatest case studies, which was being in NFL locker rooms. In in one of one of my um, coaches, um, one of the individuals I coach, a client of mine, asked me many times. He's like, I understand you were in the locker room, but why would that help you? I said, listen, in the NFL, you're in one room in a locker room where everything facilitate selfishness, the amount of money you make. You don't get paid because of how good a teammate you are. As great as that is on the outside, that doesn't make, that doesn't help you at the negotiating table, right? So in those environments, a coach has to find a way to 
remove all those selfish drivers and get a group of people to work together. That is hard. That is really, really difficult, especially when you're working with, on average, young men between the ages of 21 and 24. So, I, I, mean, I mean, think about that. Like, the ages where, you know, we don't mature till 50 anyway. So think about <laughs> 21 to 25. Many of the young men probably got more money than they should, don't know what to do with, egos out of control, and we got to find a way to bring them all together to be able to go forward. I watched some really good coaches do it well, and I saw some coaches who didn't do it well. So with that in mind, those were the kind of lessons and stuff I was able to bring to those I work with in a corporate environment. Because I'm not saying it's easier in a corporate environment because I don't believe it is. Corporate environment, you know, in a football environment, the goal is very clear. Sometimes in corporate environments, the goals are, there's many of them. And so it's not as simple, but taking those principles, applying them and using them based on what I understand about the game and translating that into their language seem to just resonate. And I've been doing that ever since. Uh, how awesome is that? Very, very cool. And and again, uh, his company is called The Game Changers, Inc. And and. Eric has written a book called Moving to Great, Unleashing Your Best in Life and Work. And, and I want to talk about some of the concepts in the book, but also just some of the concepts that you you write about and, and talk about and, and implement. And, and, and I think one of the, probably more of the foundational items is this idea of working in alignment with purpose and values. And, and that's something, of course, we can identify with as, as followers of Jesus and and, and where we find our, our purpose and, and, and values and value as well. Um, but but what are some of those those key things underneath those topics that, that you continue to, to hit home and, and, and bring up as you as you speak and coach and, and, and work with, with, with individuals and teams? Well, the, great question, Bryce. I, you know, you, you, you brought it. You, you said it right from the beginning uh, our, around our values. One of the first questions I, I was asked when I first became a believer, was by Gilbert, the great defensive back who played for the San Diego Chargers. Um, mm. And, you know, uh, and Gil ended up discipling me, mentoring me. Uh, and still to this day, I talk to him every every Friday, right? Yeah, like mm. clockwork. And one of the first questions Gil ever asked me when I first met him, I, I wasn't a believer at the time, even though, you know, I come from a, a Christian home and everything, but I wasn't a believer at the time walking with the Lord. And first question he asked me was, who, what, who am I? My answer to him was, my name is Eric Bowles. He said, I didn't ask your name. I asked, who are you? The next answer I gave him was, I said, I'm a wide receiver for the New York Jets. He said, I did not ask your job description. I asked, who are you? That was the first time I got hit between the eyes. And I didn't know how to answer the question because I did not know who I was. Right. And so, when you don't know who you are, you, you know, it's, it's, it's bad enough that you don't know who you are, but it's even worse when you're being told who you are by others who don't know who they are. So we're all in a mess, right? And so one of the reasons it's important to always establish with those values. And as believers, we know that. We understand what it means in terms of our identity. But that's the same thing true for an organization. That's the same thing true for a leader. There has to be some non-negotiables that become roots in your life. Now, the way they're expressed is always changing. The, the methods we use are always changing, but they're still rooted down in the same thing. It's so important that those values are the foundation. Because if I know who I am, right, then I can start asking the question, okay, this is who I am, roots. Where do I want to go? Or where does that organization we want to go? Okay, this is where we want to go. Okay, so how do we get there? 
Now, our method we use to get there always has to be in alignment with our values. Because if we don't know our values, where we're going after can become so important that we're willing to compromise everything to get there. And I, that's the part. People are like, man, people got to be driven and, and motivated and have vision. Yeah, but that has to be offset and strengthened by a strong set of values. And because I got a chance to play in the league, and, you know, I was a journeyman, Bryce, man. I'm fortunate to be their 11th round draft pick when I was there, right? But uh-huh. what I got to witness and see and be a part of, man, I, I've seen plenty of guys with unbelievable talent, enough talent to get there, but then not enough character either to stay there or, more importantly, after leaving there, their lives fall apart. And part of the reason is though that foundational element about clear values was never there in the first place. And so that's why when I talk about values within organizations, but also individuals and leaders, why that's so critical. Amen. It, no, it's key. And, and I, it's so important for us to actually yeah, consider what those values are. And I, you know, cause I lead a ministry and, and there are, I've got about seven of them that, that, yeah, the, this is what I, I value uh, the, the most. And it's, you know, based on, on scripture and, and who, who God has, has made me and made me aware of uh, as, as well. So yeah, I love that. And uh, I guess another kind of, kind of bigger concept as, cause, cause when I talk to uh, executive coaches and, and, and motivational speakers and, and, you know, guys, guys like you, it's so inspiring. And, and we'll talk about reading in a little bit, cause I'm a big reader as well. One of my biggest struggles is that I, I want to always develop as a leader and, and, and grow and, and, and want to, all right, I want to work hard, but it's this, this balance of trusting God, allowing him to work in me versus, okay, what's my role? What do I need to do? And I know that a lot of people identify this with this. Uh, it's that, it's that give and take of, all right, what, what am I responsible for? What is God responsible for? How do I submit to him? each day. And so I imagine that you wrestle with this and, and, and as you uh, share with people. So what, what, what have you learned over the years in, in, in this regard? Man, great, great question, right? So one of, one of the things I personally probably uh, lean on a little more, I, just, I get this, it, there's a nuance to this, man. There, there is, it's, the, it's the nuance, it's the subtleties in between. It is not as simple as just black or white, right? Like it's the workout, you know, it, 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 we're saved by grace through faith, lest no one should boast. But then it turns around and talks about work out your salvation. I mean, there's, man, there's, there's, there's these dynamics that go back and forth. But I think individually, I, I've gotten a chance to understand who I am. This is why that understanding of who you are is so important. I know... I I am I, I I am inspired easily. Uh, I, I get up. I'm excited about things. Uh, um, what's coming up next? So because I know I don't need help in that area, the mm. area that I know I need help on is follow through. I know mm. I need help. But like discipline doesn't come natural for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I the, the the monotony of things. So what I do is sometimes, yes, I, it's very important to work in my strengths, but it's also important to know that God uses my weaknesses to strengthen me. Like no. I, I, it's, it, I don't leave my weaknesses alone. In my weakness, he is made strong. But part of it is because I got to depend on him so much. Right. Because and so I always encourage that healthy balance of, yes, what we can do and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But it says we can do. It didn't say we can just sit back, right? Like so, this there is a fine balance. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I work with a lot of leaders, and one of the phrases I, I use often 
because it's so honest, right? It was like we have spent so much time trying to figure out, is this the right decision? And and I sit back and I go, man, the hard part is it depends, right? Like who knows why? Because after you make that decision, there's many more decisions that you got to make following that decision to determine whether it's the right decision. So sometimes we got to we we be patient for the right decision. Other times we got to make a decision and then go on about making the decision right. And 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 so so at what point do you do what? And I'm convinced that's what keeps us on our knees. I'm convinced that's what keeps us, uh, that, that's what's humbling because at the end of the day, man, we're functioning by principle, but God uses every part of the journey for our good. So, uh, you know, we can't, we, I think at times we evaluate whether something was good or bad way too early because we don't know, you know I mean? You just, <laughs> Lord, well, how are you going to use what I'm doing in it? You're going to find ways to make a blessing come out. Amen. Amen. No, I love that perspective. A lot, lot of good, uh, good insight uh, from Eric Bowles right there. Well, all right. So I got a couple more things I want to I want to make sure that we we get to. And, okay. and one of those things was uh, I saw a blog that you wrote. It was, it was a while ago w- with the title "Don't Share Your Books." And and so, <laughs> so I'm I'm a guy who I I'm a big reader and I keep all my books. I love them. I love them. I like to hold my books and, and I'm with you. I don't like to give my books away. So tell, tell people what, what your uh, strategy is and why you hang on to your books. Well, the reason I don't, I, I say don't share your books. Uh, there's nothing wrong with like, if I got a good book and I want somebody else to have it, uh, I will just buy them a book. Now, <laughs> there you go. now and, and I was, and it's easy to say, people say, oh yeah, it's easy to say that because that's what you do now. no, I made that decision when buying a book for somebody else was a real, I was sewing, man. That was an investment, right? <laughs> right? My business was struggling, right? Uh, but the reason I say don't share your books is your books should be your journals. And, you know, now now everybody does it. They like keeping clean, whatever. But man, there's notes and, and, and thoughts and ideas. Sometimes I can read one paragraph and, and, and Bryce, you know how it gets. There's a whole lot in that. And I try to use every book as a Q&A almost between me and the author or whatever the subject is. I, I like to view it like I'm getting one-on-one time. Like I have tons of mentors that I've never met, but it's because mm. of how I read the books. It's how I write out. I believe there's so much depth in in a simple question. Like we just got through talking about values a, a little bit ago. Man, if somebody decides right now, you know, like wanting to answer, okay, what do I value? And then after they start writing down their values, if I had to put these in order of priority, which one would come first? If I ask my family, what do these values, you know, if you had to identify what I value, what would you say? And how closely would their list match yours? How did I, these are the kind of insights that are found in so many books. So I love reading all my, I got a huge library right over here, right? But if you open up every one of those books, there's notes everywhere. And the reason is I'm always reading, not for knowledge as much as I am for application. If I can apply it, knowledge is included, right? So if I can learn, and this is my philosophy when it comes to book, right? People say, I'd say, don't share your books. Now I'm going to leave my books to my kids. I'm going to leave my, and I'm more excited about the notes they read inside the book, you know, when they look at it. But I believe we learn and then we practice what we learned and then we teach, but it's a cycle. 
It keeps yeah. going. I keep learning. I keep practicing. I keep teaching, which then gives me insight to keep learning because we know when we teach others, we learn even more. So the cycle oh, just yeah. keeps going. And so, Bryce, when you just got through talking about the reason you, know, you love reading and everything, I'm telling you, man, I love reading, but I keep looking at books going, I got so, and then when you read back through the books, you see your notes and your thoughts and everything, which then allows you to remember where you were at the time and how far you've come. I, I, I man, I just, I love books, man. <laughs> uh, uh, that's cool. And so I'm, I'm more of a, a highlighter and I am a journaler, but I like that you combine it where you just journal, right? You're just right in the, the book. So man, I'm, I'm all book. about efficiency, my man. I like that. <laughs> that's pretty good. Then I don't need to switch back and forth or, uh, yeah, even better than highlighting. So that's, that's, that's a good tip for me. I like that. Um, the other thing I want to make sure I, I brought up to you is, so you're a, a husband and, and father of two girls. Yes. And, and so your girls are a little bit older. So I, I just had a, I've got a 21 month old girl named Maddie. And so you got, you have a Maddie as well. I got a Maddie awesome. as well. I love it. And and then, well, my middle name is Taylor, um, but we have a daughter. Yeah, that's your other daughter, which is awesome. Um, and then I've, I've got my second daughter coming in August. So hey. my question for you, as, as I'm looking to you as a mentor, you're further down the line. What's what's your number one uh, word of wisdom for daughter number two that's on the way? Hey, daughter, hey man, hey man, I, I will tell you this. I, I, I say it because, and I, I credit this to, one of my mentors, Dick Anderson, who raised, uh, you know, he, he, he had daughter, three amazing daughters. And when I became a girl, when I became a girl dad, right, like, like you, right, he shared this one note. We know all the stuff about being a golly man, all that stuff. But this was the specific thing that he said. And, oh, it was so good. He says, Eric, when it comes to your girls, remember this, self-esteem first, mm. self-discipline second. And, and it threw me, but I understood because I know I, and, and it's maybe true. And there's a lot of wise people. I'm just saying for my, in my, my life, my daughters work. So they, they work far better from love versus for love. So I never want them to feel, I want them to be so in love's invested where they, that's never questioned. So they're never questioned where they stand with their dad. So when I apply discipline, there's no question it comes from a place of love. It, it, so they don't have to follow my discipline to gain love. Okay, it, the, the love is there. And he would say that often. And he goes, and to do that, Eric, the esteem level and the love you share has to be so consistent that you're always investing in it. So because time that discipline at their age, especially young young women, young girls, boys the same way, but I'm just, because I'm only a father and daughter, so I can't speak right. to father and sons. Yep, but yep. Their children are great um, recorders of information. They're terrible translators of it. And so th there are times when what I'm doing might be disciplined and it's coming. It looks like it's coming from a place of, you know, uh, um, discipline. That doesn't mean they translate that as love. So when it's just a, when it's swollen with love, when it's constantly driven to love, there's never a question. And if my daughters are getting complete love for me, then later on in their life, they know what real love looks like and doesn't. So they won't, you know, they won't go for a counterfeit and I won't have to be put in jail because they end up with the wrong joker. <laughs> I like it. No, that's tremendous. That is, that is deep and uh, very encouraging. So I, I appreciate that, man. That's, 
That's awesome. That's good stuff right there from Eric Bowles and and Eric. Man, we only uh, we only scratched the surface, but uh, but really uh, appreciate your uh, your wisdom and insight, and and encourage people to check out your book, uh, "Moving to Great: Unleashing Your Best in Life and Work." And and if if you're listening today and and are looking for somebody to uh, to, to either coach or 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 speak and and, and be a part of your uh, business and, and growth uh, personally or within your own uh, your own business if you're a leader, uh, check out the Game Changers Inc. Uh, so so he's Eric Bowles and uh, and, and definitely uh, encourage people to check check that out and, and Eric's on on social media as well. So uh, Eric, man. Awesome having you back on the show. I hate it's been so long, but we'll uh, we'll definitely do this sooner than later uh, the next time around. And so wish you the best and, and keep up the great work. Hey, you too, Bryce. Love the impact you're having on the world, my brother. Appreciate you. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. There's Eric Bowles joining us here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in studio to unpack the conversation with Eric Bowles and, and want to kind of leave with, with one big takeaway. And, and it just it hit me as he was talking, th- this idea that when, when he was walking alongside CEOs and managers last year as they were making changes to their own businesses and, and helping them process that, uh, he was having to do that with his own organization or his own business and 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 I, I just I, I think the parallel for you and I is the fact that we are all teachers and learners at the same time now and now some people get paid to be a coach or a teacher and and you know they're responsible for you know uh, being even more intentional and communicating you know lessons learned and, and how to help people and all that sort of thing whatever the the topic may be um, and you know, for me, I write devotionals and, and do the podcast and, and and speak and share and all that sort of thing. But but I think each of us, regardless of the the title, we we have opportunities to 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 share what we're learning right now. And as God is working in our own life right now, uh, teaching us things, revealing things to us, we have the ability to share that with somebody else. And, and so we don't have to have it all figured out completely uh, before we share, before we teach. But, but it's like, hey, here's what I'm wrestling with. Here's what I'm learning in my own walk, in my own line of work, uh, in my own marriage, in my own parenting. So I don't have all the answers. I've only been a dad for 21 months, but I've learned a lot in those 21 months. And, and I, I, can, I can help somebody that, that has a, a 21-month-old or younger but also there are some principles that translate to help a dad even further down the line, just things that I've you know, uh, gathered and learned. And, and so even for me, being in ministry for seven, eight years, there are things that I've learned that could help somebody even in business. Somebody has to be willing to, to be a learner and, and be willing to listen and be, be willing to ask questions. But then you and I have to be willing to just share and teach and say, hey, here are some, here are some things to think about. Have you have you considered this? Here's what I've experienced. Here's here's what I've learned. Um, so I, th- I just think that's so beneficial. And again, I guess the the point is we don't have to have it all figured out or buttoned up. We can be in process yet still learning things and helping someone else along the way. So hopefully that uh, 
that is encouraging. And and the reality is, regardless of where we are in our walk with Jesus, uh, we always have plenty to learn. So we haven't we definitely haven't figured it all out. Uh, but but we do have something that uh, that can be beneficial to somebody else as far as verses we've learned, kind of revelations and understandings and insights and wisdom that we've gathered as we've we've studied and heard sermons and read devotionals uh, that that somebody in, in that moment in their life could really take note and help. And, and again, I keep saying the word help, help someone. Uh, let's do that. Let's, uh, we, don't, we don't always have to get paid to coach or, or teach, but let's just, be, let's just live in this constant uh, process of, and he kind of described that circle too, of, of learning and growing and practicing. I love that. I think that's a great, great way to be. So uh, good insight from Eric Bowles. Really enjoyed talking to him, a humble guy. Uh, those are the kind of guys we like here on Unpacking It. So I hope you enjoy that as well. As always, thank you for listening. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.